We haven't featured as much horror as we'd like on Soundtracking, so it really is a great thrill for us to welcome the man of the moment in that particular field, Jordan Peele. Having forged a hugely successful career as a comedian and actor, Jordan won an Oscar and numerous other accolades for his debut feature, Get Out, which blended traditional genre tropes with social observations to create something altogether fresh. Uh, And you can actually hear his lead actor, Daniel Kaluuya, talk about working with Jordan back in episode number 72. Now he follows it up with the equally brilliant Us, in which a family is confronted by a group of doppelgangers. Now, both films were scored by Michael Avis, of which plenty more shortly. Before that, a word from our good friends at Beer52.com, who are offering you a free case of craft beer. Now, Beer52 is the world's most popular monthly craft beer discovery club, searching out delicious and exclusive small batch craft beers from the world's greatest breweries. This month, Beer 52 and some of the best craft brewers from the UK and across Europe have come together to bring some incredible flavours as part of their Citizens of Everywhere case. Try the one-of-a-kind Citra Grisetti, which is a collaboration brew from Fine Ales from the UK and Bibliotech from Sweden. Or why not enjoy a Mango Milkshake IPA by Tiny Rebel from Wales and Mount Salève from France. There's something to suit all tastes, whether you already love craft beers or simply want to try it out. Like darker beers, get yourself the mixed case. Like lighter beers, get the light case. It really is that easy. And you can try your first case for free. All you've got to do is just pay the £5.95 postage. That's eight incredible craft beers, ferment magazine and a snack, delivered with next day shipping. There's no minimum commitment. You can just try the free case, try the beers, see what you think. If it's not for you, you can pause or cancel anytime. Head to beer52.com forward slash sound and claim your free case today. That's beer followed by the numbers five and two dot com forward slash sound. And so to Jordan, who had the great foresight to employ composer Michael Abels, despite the fact he had never previously scored a movie. The results are gloriously successful. Strange Voices are a feature of compositions in both films, as demonstrated by this cue from us called Immolation.
I just came in the room, uh, Jordan, and there's a great tagline that I just noticed on the um, on the poster, which I think is fantastic. A new nightmare from the mind of Academy Award winner Jordan Peele. Congratulations on us, sir. Thank you. I, I just said to you, I've just come out from seeing it. Man, I have so many questions. Okay, well, <laughs> but I congratulations. Got, I mean, how many of your questions can we discuss? I mean, are we have you, half an hour, so we don't have very long. What's your spoiler policy here? Uh, I mean, can we... Well, I'm I, I'm kind of against spoiling anything yeah, for anyone. Right. I want them to experience it for themselves. I, me so, too. Okay. Uh, we're not going to go there. If we'll that's get. Tr- right. We'll, we'll, we'll yeah? nimbly avoid Great. spoilers because we're going to talk a lot about music as well. If that's Great. okay with you. First of all. Where did the idea for this story come from? Where did us come from? You know, my horror f- films, which are the films that I make, they start first with a very primal, personal fear. And for me, like, it's obvious, but doppelganger. I've, I've always been afraid of this idea of meeting myself or seeing myself. I used to have these daydreams about seeing myself on the opposite side of the subway platform. And um, something primal. Yeah happen this visceral reaction it's wrong like <laughs> if you saw yourself like one of you has to go um, unless you're a twin and you, who's gonna the, decide you know, and 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 who decides right <laughs> yeah. you you got to be the one the first one to act so that sort of urgency i uh, and again not to overuse the word but that primal fear to me that like shows me okay that is a, a an engine for my horror if I have that feeling, other people have that feeling. Yeah. And, and further research showed that there's mythologies uh, in most cultures that address the doppelganger. You know, I think there's just psychological, collective psychological reasons for that. There's so many wonderful things about this film. And one of the things that I loved, one of the many, many things that I loved is, is seeing these wonderful actors have the, have the opportunity to play two characters in one film, yeah. which is a really wonderful thing and very, you know, kind of polar opposites of, of the characters as well. I, I imagine they all had a lot of fun exploring that and diving into that opportunity as well. Yeah, I mean, my mission with, with horror is, is to where I can, allow the performance to be what drives the horror. Mm. I I love it when the acting is scary in a film. So here um, we have this idea that, you know, I felt would give the the, the actors really the greatest challenge and greatest opportunity, uh, you know, you could could wish for. Mm -hmm. Two characters to play off of each other that are connected in this intrinsic way. And you have to really dig deep and make them each three-dimensional characters because they're all going to be in the scene together. Yeah. It was the the biggest challenge in the movie, but it was also, you know, what, what I think makes a movie special. Yeah. I mean, Lupita and also uh, Elizabeth as well. Just, uh, yeah, Elizabeth oh, Moss. Oh, my God. The, the lipstick. And then mm-hmm. oh, just... And the, without going into oh, yeah, anything... yeah. We can say mm-hmm. her the moments that Elizabeth Moss delivers in this movie are um, just crazy in the best yeah. way. Oh my god, yeah! Right. <laughs> I, I'm so I'm so cautious about I trying know. to say anything. Yeah, no, so we it's might, good. It's I good. might actually take something out that I just I, said. I want to make no, no. no, you, no it's okay, all good. Okay. I I just love. I love movies with reveals, yeah. and that um, I love movies where you somebody asks you how was it, and you and you have to say, "Look, do, just I, I go just, and see I can't, it." Do, you have to see it. <laughs> yeah. That's the best yeah, like, yeah. advertisement totally. you can. But you describe twice, you, even in the five minutes we've been chatting, you described your films as horror. I think you've created your own genre of filmmaking in these two films that you've written and directed. It's a wonderful Thank thing. You. It's really hard to say it's one thing or the other because it encompasses so many brilliant genres of filmmaking. I think. Thank you so much. I mean, that's. That is uh, super cool to hear. There, there, 
you know, obviously these these movies ignite a, a, a debate and conversation about genre mm-hmm. and what they fit into. Which and, is great. Which is great. <laughs> yeah. and, and no boxes. Yeah, no boxes. <laughs> I mean, that's that. Any any time I can be a part of something that has makes an audience question what the boxes they put things <laughs> in. I think it's a good thing. Yeah, there's lovely moments as well that that made me. Um, and I don't know if they're 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 deliberate reference points to other things, but even the the, the kind of setting of Santa Cruz, you know, is is I'm like that Lost Boys straight away, which is a film that I yeah, loved. You growing know, there's up no accidents and... in Jordan Peele land. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, oh, already it gave me a feeling. Yeah. And yeah. that's that's brilliant. I kind of went, yeah, when I kind of saw where it was <laughs> where it was set. It's kind of like. Now, did you catch the line early on in the movie? No. The, 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 I, the mother, this is a little spoiler, but okay. it's just a spoiler of a little Easter egg that's okay. because you brought up Lost Boys. Okay. You know, they're walking the Santa Cruz Pier in 1986, and the mother says, you know, they're filming a movie over there by the carousel. Maybe you want to uh, go see if you can get a role. Oh, my. Right? Let's go there. There we Let's go. Set, right? If you're on Santa Cruz in 86, yeah. you're the lost so boy. is Kiefer Sutherland. <laughs> Man, that was a great film. I love that. <laughs> yeah, makes me, me want to go too. watch it again. Uh, listen, what we've really discovered as well, uh, another thing with your filmmaking is the music and how you approach music. And, mm-hmm. and, and this podcast, Soundtracking, is, is an opportunity for us to kind of dive into that as well. And and what's great is that you, you know, using this this composer who hadn't Michael um, Abels, is yes. it, who who hadn't done film before, yeah. is that right? But yeah. he's obviously incredibly revered and so well thought of in terms of what he does as a music composer, mm-hmm. just not for film. How did you come across him, and why was he the right man first to welcome with Get Out and then with us? You know, as a first time director with Get Out, uh, it was it was something of a risk, but I I knew I wanted to make a move a, a film that felt new and felt like something we had never seen before or heard before. I needed somebody who didn't have this pre-existing language for how they score a movie. Uh, I wanted somebody who's going to put together a very new sound. So in the fact that Michael hadn't done that process before, I could feel a freshness coming. But also he is a, a jack of all trades when it comes to musical genre. So he kind of does what I do. He's equipped to take pieces from different um 
you know, different types of music yeah. and create a new type of music. And he's done that with both of these movies. I know that you're you're such a big film fan, and just some of the films that you've you had a list of films that you got your cast and your crew to watch and stuff. I believe as well, kind of mm -hmm. leading up to things like Dead Again, The mm -hmm. Shining, Babadook, It Follows, Tale of Two Sisters, The Birds, amazing, mm -hmm. Funny Games, Let the Right One In. Oh my God, Beautiful I love movie. that film, mm -hmm. incredible, and Sixth Sense as well. Sixth Sense and Martyrs, which is yeah. a really harrowing one. Um, what a great yeah. collection! I mean, that's a good that's a good month's worth of film watching, right? <laughs> and very different films. Yeah. You know, I think I think a lot of people who think they don't like horror movies at some point saw the wrong horror movie for them. I think that's me. That's you. Okay, which one? What was the movie? Do you remember? The Hitcher. The Hitcher. Yeah. Well, that's you know. It's, there you it's go. It's all grounded. It's yeah. See, if you see the wrong movie for you that brings you no joy and only brings you misery, <laughs> you are in, at danger of closing yourself up to a, a spectrum of horror that you may actually enjoy. Yeah. They're very different. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, yeah, it's got lots of colors to it. Yeah. As, as yeah. A... Let the Right One In, you mentioned, yeah. is, is just beautiful. Some of the most beautiful uh, cinematography. Um, it's a love story. Subtlety. It's a love story. Yeah. The, the gore is is de dealt with elegantly mm. and if dealt with at all, it's very, you know, so give horror a shot is what I would say <laughs> to your listeners. Did you listen much to score from, from any of those films when you were thinking about editing and, and, and even prior to that as well? Was no, I didn't think about the, the, the score of those films. You know, I, I thought... You know, while I was writing it, I was listening to music that was essentially very different than what you would picture being in a horror movie. Yeah. Because that's always the most disarming thing to me when you, um, you know, you sort of expect horror it's movie music. But yeah. yeah, but if you if you bring music that has another another vibe, you get something special and weirdly creepy. So I was in this like harmonic and and hopeful music mm. this I, I wanted to subvert this idea of positivity the sort of na naivete of things being grand and great yeah. when i uh, designed this and in the script you know there's this m the, mo the moment the sort of initial theme of this movie that we call the i called the anthem you know in the first rabbit scene i think you know yeah. the one i'm talking yeah, about yeah 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 um yeah. you know what i wrote for, for Michael in that is like, this is an anthem in a language we do not, an unfamiliar language. Yeah. And it has a hopeful patriotism, but uh, at the same time just sounds wrong. So I, w I wanted to put us in this recognizable but unrecognizable place.
made some notes so I could just read my writing whilst I was trying to put some notes down and down about specific things. I mean, the eerie music over the rabbits at the beginning is mm -hmm. one of the things that I pointed out. When we're in present day, the sound, the, the, the beautiful bit of kind of, or it's not even beautiful, but it's kind of tortured sound as they're walking to the beach. And it's kind of like, it's got yes. like, a, it's like an industrial kind of yeah. scraping of metal type mm -hmm. thing to it as well. Yeah. It's really physical. Yeah. instruments that you know we don't hear um, there's one this one that comes up often and this scores the propanium drum which has this weird you know sort of metallic but primitive yeah sort of sound to it and it's beautiful it's one of one of the sort of signature pieces most important things in finding this unique sound for this movie was you know knowing what instruments not to use yeah. as well yeah so we basically sort of stripped down almost all the way the brass which had a um a, an effect that made me feel too comfortable mm -hmm. made me feel brought me to an amblin world that was recognizable and, and i wanted this to have a different sound mm -hmm. 
as Adelaide is telling Gabe her story, mm. that is a beautiful, beautiful piece of score. That's mm. just unbelievable. Isn't it? Oh, my God, yeah. It really almost brought me to tears, actually, at one mm. point. Really stunning. Yeah, uh, and we, we had just br brilliant, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very privileged and fortunate enough that I, can, I get to squeeze a, li a live instrument sessions out of uh, <laughs> the studio. You know, yeah. we get to, you know, the, the elemental sound is just, it's a different thing and mm. it's, it's harder and harder to come by. And um, Michael's, uh, you know, bread and butter is, is classical. particular track you're talking about I believe there is a viola soloist yeah. that just goes off yeah. and it just does some beautiful things really clever use of the voice as well and a kind of choral sort mm. of sense as well which is it's really powerful yeah not many people are brave enough I think to use the voice as an instrument in score mm -hmm. that I mean, way but I think it really works you know these these movies for me um, and, and I, I think a thread, I think you could, you know, the social thriller idea, the, the thread you can probably count on is, you know, I, I like to point out the evil in humanity <laughs> and the <laughs> darkness and intrinsic and in what it means to be us. And so I think, you know, haunting voices are even more important in my film and mm -hmm. not just voice, but voices, the, the harmony, uh, a wrong sounding harmony. And, um, you know, Michael just, um, he, he crushed it with the, the vocal work. Yeah.
there a bigger budget for contemporary tracks on this film than Get Out? Oh, yeah. I know there Did was a, there was <laughs> we got some we got some classics in there. Are you kidding me? <laughs> it's the way that you've used uh, I got five on it from Luna's is just it's inspired <laughs> and one of my favorite scenes in the film is the is the dance yes. towards the end and yeah. the remix of that track. Are those in the script? Is that in the script that particular track because there's quite a few there's the Beach Boys track, which is genius. And that's the thing I love is you just throw in this lightness every now and again yeah. with things. And there's, you know, there's audible laughter in the, the, the in the theatre watching it at certain yeah. points as well. It's brilliant. And the music can do that sometimes. Yeah. Um, uh, Fuck the Police again. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God, it's brilliant. Thank <laughs> such you. Such a great moment in the but film. I was worried that, you know, I'm pulling out <laughs> such iconic, you know, I'm not... I'm not going for deep cuts here. These are like top so top 50 songs of all time. Um, and I'm trying to change the context of them forever. You know, so really, I, I'm, I'm glad people are going with me on them. I, I do, I do, uh, you know, I, I, I ended with those because they, they did just work. So, um, so uh, yes, thank you. Fuck the police coming straight from the underground. A young nigga got it back because I'm brown. So police think they have the authority to kill a minority Fuck that shit cause I ain't the one For a punk motherfucker with a badge and a gun to be beaten on And thrown in jail, we can go toe to toe in the middle of a cell Fucking with me cause I'm a teenager With a little bit of gold and a pager Searching my car, looking for the product Thinking every nigga is selling narcotics But clever in terms of the Luna's track of it of it mm. coming in at a different points and then at, at that specific scene towards the end where mm -hmm. it's 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 orchestrated it. yeah and it's kind of orchestrated really into for a specific reason. Um, the, so the 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 script initially uh, you know we sort of build towards this this is without giving anything away we build towards a bit of a, a flashback of this moment where the character had a dance a ballet performance and. In the earlier iteration of the script, she talks about this pas de deux she did the, from the Nutcracker. So in the script, it's Tchaikovsky's one of the pas de deux mm -hmm. uh, at the end of that story. And um, you know, in looking, you know, to sort of peel back the layers a little bit and show you how the we make the sausage. Why, I don't know why I'm going <laughs> to food metaphor. Um, the um, the Tchaikovsky version just didn't work for me when we first uh, edited together the first cut, and so. That's when we got to this idea of deconstructing I Got Five on it as uh, something that the audience didn't know they needed.
I imagine though with how brilliant Get Out was and how well it was received, you're in a better position now though with this film where you go, I'd really like to use this Beach Boys track or this Lunas track and people go, yeah, sure. It's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah? I mean, it, yeah, I mean, right. it, it really is. I mean, and look, I mean, we had a, we had a certain amount budgeted for um, the needle drops mm -hmm. and I probably stepped outside of that budget at some, you know, with, with some of these, but, you know, carved it out in, in other ways. And um, it's my favorite argument to have to make because, you know, you can say, look, I want to put good vibrations in this sign. You know, you're like, what? Okay, this is, why? What? Can you use another song? There's many, there's a lot of other songs, a lot of cheaper songs out there. When you show the scene with good vibrations, it's okay. We're gonna get it. Yeah. You know, it's it speaks for itself. Yeah. Music. I, I love the colorful clothes you wear and the way the sunlight plays upon her hair. I hear the sound of a gentle on the wind that lifts her perfume through the air. Picking up good vibrations She's giving me the excitations I'm backing up good vibrations She's giving me the Film's almost bookended as well with these two brilliant female artists as well. You've got Minnie Ripperton at the end and Janelle Monet towards the beginning as well. It's just, I mean, I have no idea when it was written. It's so timeless, but it kind of, it has so many different emotions. And I think it's the one of a number of songs that you could be in the foulest mood and have gone through the worst experience in your life. And that is a piece of music that could save you. Yeah. Yeah, Lafleur. It's a song that I, um, I knew, but I didn't know who had done it. Mm -hmm. I'd heard it a few times in my life. And I was just, I, it's like, always, I needed SoundCloud, but didn't have it. Like, what is that song? 
and while I was writing this movie, I um, at some point I was like, you know what, I got need, I need a good mini Ripperton education because you know I I know I know a little, but you know my dad was a fan and and so I put on her greatest hits and found Lafleur and I was like, that's the song. <laughs> and um, obviously, like you say, it's such a hopeful, positive bo- boost of energy. Mm. Um, and so it's great juxtaposition mm. with um, this horror film. Mm. Will somebody wear me to the had to have twins in the film obviously it is a horror film so <laughs> yeah, we had to have twins the jaws t-shirt i love that little touch as well the, the, and by the way did you know the the twins are noel noel and callie sheldon uh, played uh the, the baby in friends no yeah Oh my god! Funny? I love <laughs> I, so I love geek facts yeah, there like you that. Go. I'm so using I'm t- I'm having that one to that's tell lots one. of people that's a good one. That's yeah. a good one. Um, Jaws t-shirt. Jaws t-shirt. I'm I'm throwing homage throughout this thing. I couldn't quite make out because my eyesight's really bad. At the start, there are three uh, VHSs to the left of the TV. That's the kind of thing. I guess because doing this, I'm so I'm so nosy and I love learning stuff about films and how deep it all goes and stuff and. The choices of what those films are at mm-hmm. the left of the TV, do they have any reference to anything? They do. I mean, those, one is Chud, yeah. one is Nightmare on Elm Street, yeah. one is The Right Stuff, and one is The Goonies. You know, the, it's, it's, it's the rewatch where you go, oh, I see. That's what I can't wait to do. Uh, awesome, awesome. Is yeah, go you'll, back and... You'll get them, but you know, you might have to get, watch a couple, a few more <laughs> times to uh, see what I'm doing there, but... Um, you know, this is like, this is the most joyous part to me. Yeah. I, I can't believe, I, I don't understand why everyone does it. <laughs> Just, you know. It's like you're creating a treasure hunt for people. Exactly. It's exactly what I love when I, when I see a movie. Mm. You know, I just, I, I love little winks yeah. and, and little little moments where the, the filmmaker is, is almost trying to connect to me. Yeah. You know, and it's like, look, if you don't get it, you don't get it, fine. You got a great, you got a movie to watch. But if you get it, you get it with yeah. 
me. Feel warm inside. They feel warm inside, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Can we talk a little bit about Get Out before we run out of time? I mean, the music in that is just so clever and that opening theme, uh, apologies if I get the pronunciation wrong of it. Um, Sikilisa, I believe. Yeah, which is, is all in Swahili apart from the word brother. This is the first time I was working with Michael mm. um, Abels, and you know, once again, I think I had in the script a, a sound we've never heard before, like a you know a haunted Negro spiritual or something. I believe this was the very first track he ever got to me. He just sent it to me one day while I was shooting the film, and you know, when I first heard it, 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 it challenged me. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I don't know if I can. Do which is exactly why I hired him, <laughs> and and uh, and uh, I sat with it. And I was like, oh my god, this is beautiful and different, and and he he did the whole Siki Lisa. He wrote the words. That wasn't me. He went wow. and you know he's like, I, I need words, right? If they're voices, I need words. Um, so he went and you know translated you know these warnings in Swahili. This beautiful decision, beautiful mm-hmm. choice on his part. And I was remember being in. You know, not really knowing how the movie was visually going to open or how that was going to be used, and um, we had done a um, a plate, a green screen plate that was the the side outside of the driver's side door uh, of a car for the the, the woods just going by. Mm-hmm. You know, you just do this back plate, and so that was one of the first things we shot. And so I, I had that, and I said, you know what, let's. Put that. I put that on and hit the Siki Lisa track, and it, it never changed <laughs> after that. And then you have the, the sticking with the score for, for a bit. The the like when Daniel's character, when Chris is 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 going to check that the deer is if it's still alive, and that's kind of that tells you so much about his his emotion and his state of mind in that that little piece of music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, an amazing subtlety and restraint. He, he, Michael's able to show. Mm. Um, in that moment specifically.
I think we started talking about Chris's inner spirit animal as sort of bringing a rhythm to this movie. Yeah. And remember in that moment, the, the sort of think, 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 think starts. This sort of little tapping. His caged animal, and of course by the end of the movie, is... So, yeah, that was just such a important first collaboration for both of us. of Ron Robert Ron, it makes your skin crawl. It's just <laughs> yeah. so clever and it's like, ooh! I believe uh, Fleetwood Mac, You Could Go Your Own Way, was in the script. Was it? Yeah. Loving you isn't the right thing to do. How can I ever change things that I feel? If I could, maybe I'd give you my word. How can I? There's about five million dollars for you. Right, well, that's a little bit expensive. Was one thing, but you could see my, you know, yeah, very see. early on. I'm yeah. trying to subvert the song. You really, you know, Fleetwood Mac, such a brilliant, um, sort of iconic representation of like, you know, white liberalness. You know, I think it was, which is yeah. of course is the the bad guy in this movie. But I got it in the the cut and just wasn't wasn't scared enough. God damn it, my my. <laughs> My theory was proven wrong. Like it is not turns out to not be easy to make 
<laughs> you can go your own way scary. <laughs> um, Tell uh, you what you did make scary is uh, I've had the time of my life. Ah, yes. That's, oh my God, Bill Medley. Yeah. And, I, I can't, yeah, yeah, I mean, I've not watched Dirty Dancing since, yeah, but yeah. I'm going to watch that differently well, now. Sort of that scene, the, the scene where Rose is on the bed eating the, the Fruit Loops, it, it speaks to the her. Milk the milk, milk drinking is so weird. and so weird. And she's... It, that, yeah, yeah, people, people hate that sound. Um, but it spoke to her stunted development, you know. She was kind of turned into this sex lure, yeah. from, you know, for her parents mm -hmm. from such an early age. And so there's a very dark connotation to her psychology. Now I the time of my life. No, I never felt like this before. Yes, I swear, it's a truth, and I owe it all to you. Cause I the time of my life, and I owe it all to you. I've been waiting for so long, now I finally found someone to stand by me. Ah, uh, you knew about that. You got a friend. Yeah, yeah. But but it was too expensive. But another op another ex example of it's better without it because of what you did in that specific scene. Yeah, I mean you really do find that things happen for a reason. Yeah, the biggest setbacks are the biggest gifts if you treat them as such. Mm. That being said, if I could do the movie over now and somehow get James Taylor's "You Got a Friend" in there in a Would creepy you? way, sure. I think it was a brilliant idea. Yeah, that yeah. song is so um, has such a positive blandness. When you're down and troubled and you need a helping hand and nothing, oh nothing is going right. Close your eyes. And soon I will be there to brighten up even your darkest night. You just call up my name and you know. 
And, uh, yeah, it's, you know, I don't know if you can sing on your um, thing. But, <laughs> you can yeah. sing if you want. <laughs> you got a friend when you so I like re- he doesn't mean it. Yeah. It's like he doesn't mean it, <laughs> yeah. which is exactly, that's exactly how I was using it. It was yeah. while, when Chris was in the basement tied up, yeah. um, part of their brainwashing method would, would be to um, play the, you know Stephen Root's character's favorite song, so they had this context in common, and it was they were playing "You Got a Friend" over and over again, and he was losing his mind. So it's, I think it would have been just really funny and like, what? This is not, you know. And the audience is also like, okay, well, I'm glad it's not physical torture I'm wa- witnessing right now. It's more, it's yeah. "You Got a Friend." Yeah. Um, I'm excited. What's next? Do you know? I mean, I know you got the Twilight, your your version of the. Twilight Zone, which is which we're we're getting, which you've written, which I'm excited about. Yes, and and you know I, I'm I'm producing it. I, we've 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 along with uh, Simon Kinberg mm-hmm. and uh, Wynn Rosenfeld, Audrey Chon, and it, and we have an amazing stable of writers. Stable is probably the wrong thing to call them. Room of writers, <laughs> um, who uh, you know we're trying to uh, we're trying to honor mm. Sterling's vision and and make contemporary Twilight Zone stories. And you're in it too. And I am the host. Yes. Which is cool. Because you said you've given up acting. Yeah. Well, I'm not acting in those. I'm Just my, being you. Yeah. I'm my, <laughs> my dark brooding self. <laughs> I went down a rabbit hole last night of um, Key and Peele. Oh, yeah? In prep for today. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, um, and I was crying with laughter at Shot in the Dick. I mean, that's just. <laughs> oh, my God. That's the <laughs> That's from way back cut. in the. That was the yeah, season was one. Yep. Shot in the dick. dick. Shot, shot in the dick. <laughs> shot in the d- Yeah, yeah. That um, 70% of what we did was was uh, poking fun at masculinity and, and the, <laughs> the expectation that, uh, you know, men sort of pre- present a chauvinistic exterior. Oh, you do it in such a great way. And um, I'm so excited to see what's next, Jordan. Thank you. Congratulations on us. It's absolutely outstanding. Thank you Thanks so for your much. Time, sir. Really Thank great you. fun. Thank you. To all y'all rappers out there, think y'all hard because what y'all been through. Hey, y'all. Uh, <laughs> check it out. It was Friday night chilling on my front lawn. Me and my crew, I had my bathrobe on. Everybody high, just watch X-Men. Got plenty chicken heads ready for sex, man. Busters roll up, they tryna talk smack. Don't these niggas know they f***ing with the Mac? Is nine. I knew homie seen us. He pulled two shots. Somehow my penis got between us. I got shot in the dick. Shot, shot in the dick. I got shot in the dick. But his dick still standing. Shot in the dick. Shot, shot in the dick. I got shot in the dick. But his dick still standing. Yo, they shot that fool in the dick.
man. Damn, that hurts. Damn, no, video over, man. Video's over. Oh. I'm serious, man. Damn. As performed by Jordan Peele as the incredible Mac. That's shot in the dick from Comedy Central's Key and Peel, rounding off this latest episode of Soundtracking with the Get Out and Us writer-director. Now, there was a slightly indiscriminate use of the bleep in our recording there, but never mind. My huge thanks to Jordan for taking the time to talk to us and for sharing some of the many Easter eggs that feature in his new film. Us is on general release around the world now. It's smart, it's funny, and it's utterly terrifying. Michael Abel's score, meanwhile, is available via our good friends at Backlot Music. Now, we'll put a Spotify and Apple playlist up for this show. Uh, head to edithbowman.com, which is also the place to subscribe to this podcast and catch up with all of our previous episodes. Better still, head to iTunes, where any kind of rating would be, well, very much appreciated. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. We are at Soundtracking UK. And don't forget to snaffle your free case of craft beer by heading to beer52.com forward slash sound. That's beer52.com forward slash sound. Next up then, how do you fancy hearing from Eli Roth? Actor, writer, producer, director. His knowledge and enthusiasm for soundtracks may well blow your mind. I very much look forward to the pleasure of your company then. (laughs) 